Hi, this is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life. Because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the internet featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. My uh, conversation with Jason Mott, winner of the 2021 National Book Award for Fiction. That's up there now. Uh, and it's a good one. So check it out, authormagazine.org. And we're funded by the Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. Do a conference every year. I hope next year's is going to be live and in person. That's our goal. Got a grand new lo- location. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. So if you're interested in that conference or in um, submitting to the writing contest they do, we do, then um, go check it out, pnwa.org. Okay. Listen, I want to thank all the people who signed up for the, I made a special offer, one-on-one fearless writing. Well, a lot of people signed up for it. It was great. I may still have a few spots open if you're interested and go over to williamknauer.com and check it out. Sure. Why not? So, hey, I love having debut novelists on the show and I got one today, Andrew Lipstein. He wrote a book, Last Resort. It's coming out today, today, from Farrar, Strauss, and Giroux, getting great reviews. It's a wonderful book, and uh, he and I talked about, you know, just the journey. He experienced a lot of rejection. Uh, it was not an easy journey, but here he is, and he t- man, he made some interesting and brave choices. How he got it published, unusual. That's coming at the end of the conversation, and oh, I got to give him kudos for how he got this thing published. It was It's very strange. So... Here it is, my conversation with the fun and interesting Andrew Lipstein. Enjoy. Andrew. Andrew, welcome. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. First of all, now this this is dropping on Tuesday. January 18th, which we hope is the publication day for Last Resort. Congratulations, your debut novel. You're a published freaking novelist. What do you think? What do you think about that? Um, you know, it's kind of a, my life's dream and it's happening. And it feels kind of both huge and sort of abstract at the same yeah. time. Yeah, that is very much true uh, because it's so publication happens out in the ether in a way doesn't it It doesn't feel like it's not like standing i've done performance so i stand on stage you receive it's also immediate publication it's so a little ephemeral yeah i um you know i wrote a book about the book is about books and the publication and publishing industry and i wrote it not having obviously gone through the process myself and now having gone through it i sort of have a different perspective on it and sort of I guess, you know, a lot of the book is about competitiveness and ambition and stuff like that. And I really am, to be honest, feeling that more and more the closer I get to um, publication. Feeling the competition um, and the the, the competitiveness and the ambition? I I think more feeling, um, how to put this, that that the publishing industry um, is an industry. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, you know, judging the success of the book, I'm sort of getting to know maybe more of like the factors of success and 
looking at it, I guess, less as an artistic endeavor because that part is over and more of like a numbers game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's not, and, and for most authors, the numbers game isn't much fun. I mean, it's not why you get into it. I mean, some people learn to love it because they just, they like the numbers and they like the game of it, but that's, it's a different game than the one you were playing to get to this point. Yeah. You know, I don't think you could create something that you'd be happy with if you had your mind on, you know, numbers and success and right and what that actually means. No, no, I don't know how to. Uh, well, let's back up a little bit. So, uh, so this book is your first published novel. Um, how long has writing been your... Okay, now I should say, actually, let me back up even further. Uh, the book is about a novelist publishing, getting his first contract. And, uh, you know, obviously, maybe it's... I don't often ask if it's autobiographical, but often there's some kind of overlap there. Are you someone who's always wanted to write? Or did you, like your protagonist, come to it a little later in life? How long was it? has it been an interest of yours? Yeah, both. I mean, I, I've been writing and um, probably for the better part of 10 years or a bit more. Okay. And I've, I've actually just listened to your episode with Jason Mott. And when he was talking oh, yeah. about yeah. <laughs> how many failed manuscripts he's had, it, you know, pretty much the same number. I think it yeah. was like four or something. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, so for me, this was, you know, I, I've come, I've got to know failure very well. In the past and years. how did you like it how did you and failure um, get along you know i actually didn't like it is the thing <laughs> no. um no i think it's hard to say how i think i you know writing something creating art that takes a lot of time and energy that you're proud of and having it not achieve success is so it's a really hard thing to deal with and i think a lot of times i didn't even sort of feel what i was feeling yeah I, you know, I listen, I went down that road for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. I will match my pile of rejection letters with anybody. And it was, and in retrospect, it was confusing. Like I didn't know what to, I remember at one point saying to my wife, and this was kind of a turning moment for me, although I didn't know what to do with it. I said, I think about publication different than I think about everything. And I know it's screwy. I know it's wrong. I don't think about it right. It affects me differently than everything else. I know how to learn and get good at things, but for some reason, this aspect has got me totally confused. Does that resonate with you at all? Yeah, it, it, it does a lot. I think when you're failing, you, and you know, you're getting rejected by actual people who have opinions and, and right. sometimes they tell you why. And what you really want to know is like, where did this go wrong? You know, right. what could have been different that would have made this a success? But I think over time, you start to realize that it's not a matter of things not going wrong, but not enough being right about it, you know, not, not having it needing to be needed to be published. Right. Um, it's just not a, at a level that is, that is good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel like your, your character needed to have something to write about? I knew for me, I needed to find the, really the form, which then led to the content. I had to move off of fiction into creative nonfiction, which really just worked for me. Um, and I could, then I could write about the things I was really interested in writing about and start having mm -hmm. success. Was that the case for you? I mean, there's the craft level, which is legitimate. Like you got to learn how to tell a story. And, but I've known people who published their first books and they had still had a lot to learn, but they, whatever reason they were just like, no, no, but you know, I know no, people I, like I've, Jason. I've read, yeah, 
No, I mean, I've read a lot of books that I I feel like the person has a lot to learn too. No, I I think, I think as far as like numbers and getting published, you know, the craft component is way overrated. It is way overrated. Yeah. So I, but I do think there's a difference between um, subject and content and then having something to say. I think you could find something that feels like a book, but if you're not really in a place where you feel compelled to write it, then that energy is not going to come through no. in the book and it's going to be lacking something. Yeah. You get, I mean, cause there's a lot of good ideas floating around out there that someone mm-hmm. can write. Right. Right. Yeah. For so, sure. well, let me ask. So when you, so what, so you said we were talking about Jason's interview. It's interesting because he also wrote a book about a writer for his latest book. Mm-hmm. And um, he had four, I think he said. Uh, so you had a, a handful, right. That you tried. And when you started this one, did it feel any different or was it just, this is, we're on to the next one? Oh yeah. It felt, it felt very different. I mean, yeah. I, it just, you know, it's a, it's a trope and a cliche, but for good reason, it really flowed out of me and at, at such a pace and, and it took so much less editing than anything else I've ever yeah. written. I just felt like the words and the sentences flowed with a certain cadence that of course I edited the book a lot, sure. um, even structurally, but um, it just was, I was just in a much more natural place. I just felt so much more, um, you know, you can't talk about it without, without reverting to cliche in the zone. Don't worry you about know, it. About the flow, right? Hey man, right. the flow, look, I, I, I talk about the flow all the time and it's only because I can't think of a better word because I always feel like for me, that flow state is a good description. Cause it's, I'm a, I'm a part of something. I'm wholly a part of something for which I am not wholly responsible. Right. I like that's how it feels to me. Something is happening. I'm in it. But to say I am the sole one responsible for it doesn't feel accurate to me that I'm in that river that is already going that I just joined. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, definitely. For sure. Yeah. And actually, actually, um, you do something very unusual that I do all the time because it's what I do. I write about creativity. You actually have your character reflect on what writing is like and what how good it feels what at least at the beginning of the book he's writing about how much he enjoyed writing and I thought you did a great description of it and I rarely see writers write about at least in fiction the pleasure of writing the sort of the the losing track of time the becoming lost in Mm -hmm. it and really letting yourself go for that I assume that was based on personal experience that you were simply writing about what you had been through at that point yeah, and, and there's also, you know, the meta quality that I, I never felt that more than when I was writing right. this book. <laughs> that book. So I was basically just trying to create a feeling and then capture it. But writing for me as far as, I mean, it's more pleasurable when it when it's going right than, than you know, basically anything outside yeah. of interpersonal relations. It's, you know, well, and, and feeling Sometimes even sometimes better than that. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I mean, but those sometimes can be the... The worst passages when you're yeah. when you feel so exhilarated and then you think this is absolute gold and then you look at it later and it's just yeah. so incredibly embarrassing. What do you think about that moment? Because that happens to every writer where you're cooking, you're like, "This is it, man! I nailed it." And of course, you've had the experience. Now you got to be honest. You've had experience where you thought this is great, and you read it and go, "Yep, still love it. Like this is it, right?" You've got to right. have had those few of those moments. But then you have the moments where it's right. totally different. What do you think about? How do you make sense of that? That contrast between what you were loving 
And then what you, is it just your judgment on it, seeing it, or like you legitimately like, nah, I don't want this in there. What do you think about that? I think they're separate experiences. I think, I think the experience of exhilaration that ends up not being great is more about ego, where you're thinking, ah. what I'm doing right now, you know, is going to reflect on me as a great writer, you know, obviously yes. a good writer. Yes. No, um, yeah, yeah. What I'm doing is sort of rare or very interesting or very original as opposed to, I'm really feeling the story right now. I'm getting in the heads of the characters. I'm coming up with sort of a very novel plot conceit that will serve the story well. Right. Um, those are two separate things, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. And so you said this one flowed easily. Do you think that, do you think you kind of got out of your own way a little bit? I mean, do you think just land on a story that was more exciting to you than other stories? Or do you think you did something sort of psychologically to allow yourself to not, I mean, sitting around trying to be a good writer, I think will interfere with writing tremendously. I think that that will gum up the works completely or trying to be great or whatever. But also just letting yourself tell, what, what happened, do you think? Did you think differently before you started it? Are you able to, do you mind getting on the couch a little bit here with this one? I'm interested. Yeah, no, uh, this, this, this story was definitely coming from a much more personal place yeah. for me on a few different levels. Um, I really felt like I was expressing myself, whereas in past manuscripts, I was trying to write a book. And I think that difference yeah. is uh, you know, quantum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because the, 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 the latter, the trying to write a book is kind of an intellectual process only, almost, isn't it? It's kind of exactly. trying to game the system yeah. a little bit, like what will work, right. what people take. Yeah. Right. Um, and so this is more personal now. Are do you, I, I work with a lot of memoirists and personal people write about their own life. That's what I do. My stories involve me directly. And, and I don't worry about it, but some people worry about what's being exposed, you know, oh, they're going to learn about me. Do you, even though this isn't your name on it, it's more personal. Is that at all in your mind? Or do you feel enough distance from it that you're not worried any kind of vulnerability around your, what you expressed and exposed in this story now that it's coming yeah, out? I, I don't think you could, you could write in an honest way if, if you, you don't really have feel love to want to be vulnerable to other people. Yeah. And I think that has to do with honesty. I think that if you really want to be honest about your emotions and put it on the page, then you shouldn't feel shame about anything. Good for you. Um, I feel more vulnerable in terms of the quality of the book. I, I don't want people to dislike it. I don't want to reread it myself. I'm, I have the audiobook and I'm going to listen to it one more time before publication. And I don't want to because I'm so worried. All you did know, you read it? I'm sure that's a common. That's a comment. Did I read the book? The audiobook? Did you? Were you the one doing? Oh the no, I, uh, I I didn't. I didn't read it. I did have some good conversations with the narrator though. Oh good. And he, he he did a good job. I listened to I did listen to excerpts, but that's I'm only listening to it as a way to read the book again. I can't right. possibly drag my eyes across my own words one <laughs> oh, more that's time. That's interesting. I just did my audiobook about a month ago, and for the first, I loved it. I loved it, but I. Oh yeah, my voice. So I did. Oh yeah, it was great. I loved it. But and, and I and I was glad that I still liked it rereading it aloud. You know how that goes. Because you because you know I don't know. Are you going to do any kind of promotionals? I mean, you're going to do some promotion. Are you going to try and do like virtual events or maybe even live events? Yeah, I have I have two live events on the calendar and two virtual events. Okay, good. Um, good. Yeah, right. All right. Well, I hope people come out for them. I hope that they're willing to brave. I'm so sorry, man. To get you, this is coming out right in the teeth of this freaking newest wave. I'm, you know, what bad luck. I'm sorry, but hopefully, people they're going and they're going to the Super Bowl. They should go to your book reading, don't you think? I think so, and I think they'll be stuck at home and and you know 
Right. Got to do something. The past two years have been great for the industry. So yeah, it actually be a, been a lot of reading. Yeah. There have been a lot of yep. books. And so are you know, one of the things of reading your stuff aloud is you, you little, your little writer's mind wants to, even I wanted to, as I was reading my book, I wanted to change, change certain things. You may, you can though, when you're reading it aloud at events, change it if you want. You think you will? Have you picked oh, your passages already? No, I don't think I would change a word because I don't want to, I don't have the mental space to edit anything right now. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's smart. Okay. So um, what did you do with yourself while you were writing those books that you weren't selling? How are you occupying your time? Um, do you mean like job what are you doing ones? for a job? What were you, and first of all, like how what, were you working? Were you trying to be doing some day job type thing? Yeah, I mean, I I have a I have a career I would call it outside of ah, outside of writing. Okay, um, I work I work in tech, and ah. um, I really I really enjoy it. Oh, you do? Okay. I've never I've never really considered it a day job. Yeah, and and I've always been working, so I, I wrote while I worked. Yeah. All right, good. Well, that's nice. That's nice to have to have something you actually look forward to going to. I did the ta waiting tables thing. It was it was a little rough, a little rough, but that's what I did. Um, yeah. and so but motivating probably. It, at first, and then it just became depressing. <laughs> when you hit 40, yeah. that's, when it's the, 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 that's when you start having some deep conversations yourself, but all worked out well. Um, did you, uh, how did you handle emotionally? Like if you had to talk to somebody now who was going through the process of the rejection and all that, what would you uh, say to that person? How would you, what would you, how would you encourage them? What would you, what would you say? What would your advice be to someone in the throes of that? Yeah, I mean, I've had I've had um, those conversations in the past year or so, and I usually say that you know things change fast. It's also a trope, but you just need one agent, Person. and then yeah. you need one editor. Yeah. Um, also, you you can change a lot. You, you you know, just because you're writing a certain way and it's not working doesn't mean you have to continue in that vein. And I think right. versatility and um, being okay with change are, are key if, if you're having failure writing and, and you hope to find success. Yeah. Be willing to change. Did, and did you, did it, did you, did you have a kind of understanding that like you needed to change something that you were, did you feel you were forcing something? And then do you have a memory of like, I want to try something different? Yeah. I mean, right, right from the get go of writing this book, I felt I was, you know, to be, to put it in very basic terms, writing in a much sort of fresher, funnier, even entertaining way. That word entertainment actually came to me a lot. And I think, especially in literary fiction, it's not usually a word that writers- It's not, but it should be. It should be a word. I think there's nothing be, yeah. wrong. You know what I think of as entertainment as is, when I'm entertained, I am fully engaged. It doesn't have to be mm -hmm. clowns and car chases. It, which are even there are fine, but like full engagement. I want to know what happens next. There's nothing wrong with what is wrong with that. Right. But it got a bad rap right. in literary fiction. I think. It did. Yeah. But I think things are changing. I think, I think the, you know, the wall between commercial and literary has already been knocked down. Good. I think as it should, you know, everybody, everybody wants their books to sell. There is not one author alive who wouldn't be happy selling 10 million copies of their book. There's just no reason you wouldn't want that to happen. Um, and 
part of the way I felt that this book is, this book is entertaining. It's incredibly readable. I said the same thing about Jason's book, but I, I'm sorry. They're both, they're both funny. They're interesting books, but they're funny and accessible. And the voice is what for me, aside from the story, but really first the voice was what just caught me and made me say, I want to hang around with this guy for the next 300 or whatever pages. Um, and I suspect, is that part of what you mean by the entertainment? Because I mean, for this book, it just seems inseparable. As I said, the voice seems inseparable from what allows the book to move at the right pace. Yeah, I mean, the voice, which is, you know, a very flawed first person, um, yeah. you know, sort of high energy made me really want to write as opposed to um, books that have felt much more calm, collected and controlled where I'm really sort of thinking each sentence and approaching it as sort of in a distance. Right. Um, I sort of felt like I was acting while I was writing this book, but I was just in the character's shoes. Have you ever um, acted? Which is fun. I, I haven't, I haven't acted though. No. Okay. Cause they, I, they, I have acted and it. And I, when it was, when I was doing fiction it was going well, that is how it always felt that I was becoming that character the way you would on mm -hmm. stage. Right. And you should, you want to kind of, because mm -hmm. I always think that when you write, even if you're writing nonfiction, like I do, you kind of want to forget about yourself in a way. Does that, does that resonate? Like you don't want to, you want to, because of course if you're writing fiction, you want to be these characters. You kind of want to become transparent. I feel like you want to forget this little life you're leading and become something bigger, maybe. Yeah, I think you want to transcend yourself. And I think that's sort of why it feels like acting, where you can make choices that aren't supposed to sort of blatantly say to the reader, the character is doing this to reflect this. If you really feel like you're the character, you notice things or express things in a way that is totally unconscious, subconscious. Right. right. Um, that makes it, that brings that verisimilitude without sort of making it feel like you're the author sort of sculpting this reality. Right. So, okay, so you wrote this book. How hard was it to find an agent and a publisher? Uh, well, for this book, I had a pretty unusual path. I did find an agent, um, but, and she, she did a lot of editorial work with me on this, but oh, she nice. actually okay. couldn't um, sell the book and I sold it without an agent. You did? You yeah. sold it to, for Harstrauss and Giroux without an agent? Yeah. Wait, okay. So, I mean, I, I had an agent and then she couldn't represent, but she had sent to agent editors and I could, they let me just send right to them. So I kind of had an in through them that way. But mm -hmm. is, so what, how did that work? I didn't even know publishing places, how publishing house like FSG would take unsolicited. No, I think it's, you know, basically a miracle that it, that it worked. How'd that um, happen? Yeah. I sent the manuscript using a pseudonym, um, uh, the pseudonym of the character in the book. And I sent it to um, Jonathan Galassi, who, who at the time was the president and is still, you know, right. um, editing and acquiring. Um, and he, and he, he loved it. I, I don't know if someone with sort of uh, less accomplished than Jonathan would have been able to take it on without an agent because there obviously is such a, yeah, um, you know, it's, it's basically a requirement. Why do you read it? I mean, I, I don't mean to, but like, I'm so surprised yeah. it reached him and he picked it up and actually looked at it. Did you, you know, ever I talk to you about that moment? Yeah, we, we did talk about that. I think, I think because it was a pseudonym and because it was about the publishing industry, perhaps he thought, you know, it was somebody, someone who's had a name other than, you know, 
Um, and when we first spoke, he said, you know, first of all, you know, do I know you? Um, and I said, you don't. And, and he, he didn't care either way. I mean, and he, he's been such a wonderful editor and wow. companion in the book. Yeah. Whoa. Andrew. That is, that is a great story. Now, did you get an agent? I hope you went and got an agent to negotiate the contract. Did you? Or did you do it all on your I, own? I actually, I got a, I got a literary lawyer um, oh. who's actually done hundreds of contracts yeah, yeah. with FSG in the past. Right. And he was great. And then I actually sold another book to FSG and I did get an agent for that. Are you, okay, that's what I was going to ask you about. So you got another, so yeah. you, have you written that book or you just sold it, the, the premise? Yeah, I, I've written it, yeah. Oh, now, how was that writing that book, having written this book? How did, what was, did you come at it differently? The second one, the, what we'll call your second book? Yeah, I mean, I came at it, you know, mentally feeling like this book will be published. I sort of have the confidence as right. opposed to every other book I've written where yeah. you sort of feel like you're a fool while you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I definitely had, I definitely had more, you know, more confidence and that matters a lot. Wow. Hey, what a great story. And what cojones, I, I, my hat's off to you for taking that risk and for it panning out. You was just, you know what, you were lined up. It's awesome. I guess, my guess is also, he must've liked the voice right away. I mean, it's one of these things, if you, I don't know if you've ever been in an editorial position, but you can know pretty fast whether the person, which I am, and they know kind of what they're doing or they don't, almost in a paragraph or two, I find. It's, it's pretty amazing, mm -hmm. yeah. in my experience. Yeah, that. I think that helped. I mean, he asked for the, he asked for the manuscript, not from um, a sample, but a, you know, synopsis. Right. Oh. Um, on, oh. on Friday, he asked for it. And then he read it over the weekend on Monday. Wow. We had a conversation. Yeah. Good Lord. Okay. I love these stories. I love them. All right. Andrew, uh, interesting guy. Really. It's a great book. Congratulations. I hope you're really proud of it. Uh, you Thank should you. be. And uh, now, fingers crossed, I hope all the people who are meant to find it, find it and get to share it and write great reviews on Amazon about it, which I do not recommend you read at any time in your life if you can avoid it. Um, all right, but listen, my friend. Okay, so first of all, uh, you got a nice website with all your stuff happening. You want to tell people where they can go to learn about you if they would like to? Yeah. So it's alipstein.com, A-L-I-P-S-T-E-I-N.com. All right. And the book, the book is called The Last Resort by the Andrew Lipstein. The, the Last Resort, where all fine books are sold. It's uh, in the UK too, right? You sold it to the UK as well? Yep. It's yep. coming out uh, in March in the UK, yeah. All right, great. All right. So I got one more question for you, Andrew. And here's what I want you to do. Finish this sentence. If writing, all the writing you've done in your life has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Uh, to do things out of love and not fear. Ah, you're speaking my language. You're speaking my corny, language, but I, but, I, but I really believe that. So. Oh man, it's the truth, baby. It's the truth. Hey, congratulations and best of luck with the book and the next one. Love and not fear people that's right that's right it ain't corny no it's not not even a little bit it's just how it works love matters more than anything else yes it does that's what i say at the end of every one of these isn't it yes it is okay i want to thank my producer rj jeffries 
Thank you, my friend. And to all of you out there, thank you for listening. And, of course, go find something you love to do and do it. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.